0: Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of Mother Daughter Book Talk. I'm Alexis. And I'm Christine. And today we will be discussing Cinder by Marissa Meyer. Today we have a very special guest, Ari. Hello. (laughs) So do you want to give our non-spoiler summary today? Yes, definitely.
1: Okay, so basically this book is a futuristic retelling of the classic fairy tale Cinderella. And the main character Cinder is the best mechanic in New Beijing, but she's not like most other girls. Uh, as a cyborg living in a prejudiced society, she struggles to be accepted by family and strangers alike. Circumstances bring her to the palace, but this is not your average fairy tale.
0: Okay, now we are going to start discussing the book. So if you haven't read it yet, press pause, read the book and come back when you're done. This is your official spoiler warning. Hey, so thank you so much, first of all, for being our first guest on this podcast. Yay! Yay. <laughs> this is one of my favorite book series, so I'm so happy that we got, like, a oh guest for gosh. the very first episode, like, this kick off how amazing this series is going to be. Woo. Does anyone have any thoughts to start off right off the bat?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, this book, this book specifically, was one of my favorite books in like, I think it was fifth and sixth grade. I just was mm-hmm. obsessed with it. I love the whole series, but something about this book in particular really like, I don't know what it was. I just fell in love with it. And so it. it was really, yeah, it was really fun to re- um, have a chance to reread it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I did really enjoy it. I wasn't, I kind of forgot what it was about, but I really, really
0: enjoyed it. Did your perspective change at all when going back and rereading it now? You were saying within and sixth grade, so that's like four years later. Yeah, I will say,
1: um, honestly, going into it, it's been so long since I've read it. I had no idea what I was really getting myself into. But while I wouldn't say it's on that same level of when I read it for the first time and when I was really, really in love with it. Um, I was very engaged I was very surprised because I really didn't know what to expect but I was very engaged in the plot I didn't want to put it down ever it was it really kept me engaged I really loved it
0: yeah I would say because I first read this book in January of 2017 Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. been a while like I forgot a lot of it but reading it now after this whole COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm, Yeah. (laughs) It was a completely different perspective for me. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I totally get now what they were talking about. Because we've never really dealt with that. I mean, I don't know if y'all knew this, but um, Marissa Meyer actually wrote another short story during the uh, quarantine, like COVID, I think it was COVID-128, which was the characters of the Lunar Chronicles going through basically this pandemic again except it was for another version of COVID so they're going through this quarantine with us oh I didn't know I have not check that out yeah mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet but I'll Same. definitely check it out I was so excited I when I know, saw that because I was like I I had been rereading all of Marissa Meyer's books I was so bored throughout quarantine then oh my gosh a new Marissa <laughs> Meyer thing yeah that's great I didn't I'll definitely have to look into that so getting into the actual story, I love how each part starts with an excerpt from the real story that matches what happens in the retelling. Okay. Same. Yes. I agree. Like- I definitely love that. Like, even one of them, it was how she would, sl- the it was talking about the normal Cinderella, she would have to sleep by the hearth in the ashes. And I was like, was that a reference to her dream? Is her dream a reference to her being burned alive when she was a baby? Mm-hmm. And so it was all really interconnected. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I really did enjoy that as well. Especially being a person who I'm a huge fan of, like, the classic fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to like read this retelling that I feel like was
0: really really well done. Yeah, Marissa Meyer is like my queen, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and actually, right. she's getting back into fairy tale retellings with her new book. It's going to be a retelling of *Rumble Stiltskin. Yeah, oh, nice. Read
1: I haven't *The Lunar Chronicles*, and I haven't even finished the whole series. <gasps> um, but no, no, I'm. I know. <laughs> I haven't read all of them, but. Oh wow i know literally so how many books has she come out with since like i think the last book i read of hers was like the fairest the story okay. of
0: um queen levana after Ferris, there's winter and stars above and then there's two okay. graphic novels which are both wires and nerves which is aiko story um okay. then she has three books in the Renegades trilogy she has instant karma and then now she'll be posting or publishing gilded yeah Oh wow. Okay, so there's a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they are Marissa Meyer books. I read them nonstop. I'm like, you guys, <laughs> I recently reread this series I think a few months ago. Yeah, because oh, I wow. can't go I can't go a whole year without rereading each of Marissa Meyer's books because I love them so much. But even <laughs> still, there were still new things that I noticed, like how I honestly didn't re- like going in and taking notes is very different than just reading. Because, like, right. the kids playing at the very beginning, the Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down, was major foreshadowing for someone who hasn't read the book about the whole plague going around. Because I, of mm-hmm. course, I know Letimosis is around, but reading it with, like, notes in my brain, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking of how the whole Ring Around the Rosie being a plague reference is also a reference to the Letimosis outbreak until just read. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And also, I just want to say, I'm so ashamed to admit that for my first read, when I read this for the very first time, I had no idea what was going on. I (laughs) thought Aiko was a short old mechanic dude for like half
1: of the first chapter. Oh my god. I didn't
0: realize, first of all, Aiko was a she, and second of all, Aiko was a robot. (laughs) I just oh did not know gosh. what was going on. And I was like, oh, because Kai was like, is he here? And I was like, oh, okay, so Iko is the guy. That- <laughs> Kai like, oh, my God. That's okay, Alexis. <laughs> I don't even know where that really came <laughs> from than that, and I'm so ashamed to admit that.
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't know how, honestly, though, like, I, I understand that because it isn't, like, does it ever really say it, like, until – like, it, about the, like, that she's an android? Like, I don't remember you know when exactly does. It,
0: it talks It doesn't say word for word that she's an android, but it talks about, like, her, uh, her, Pinsure, yeah, her and pincers and her, and, yeah. uh, treads and okay. wheels. So I don't, I don't, yeah, it doesn't call it out explicitly. It doesn't say yeah. she's an android mm-hmm. and she's a she, but it, it's pretty clear if you're not <laughs> okay.
1: Right. The beginning, I remember when I first read it, I knew she was, like, just, I thought she was just a girl. Like, I didn't know she was an android until it became, Mm. like, specified more. But I just could tell, based off the way she spoke, I guess, I don't know if it makes any sense, That I just pictured, like, a teenage
0: girl. Yeah. I should (laughs) have pictured that after the whole, (laughs) Prince Kai! I say, reading it this time, reading Cinder... And how she was like avoiding quarantine yeah. by like <laughs> hiding. I was like, how oh. dare she? How could she I know do that? Again, if you're put in the quarantine, you're basically dead. There's no no, no way around uh, it. So still dead, in this situation, but... it's more understandable than like during COVID because yeah. COVID is just two weeks in your house. There you're dead. There you're, you're right. done. But in this story, exactly. You go into a quarantine, you never come out. Yeah, but I was still. I was curious. reading it.
1: I was just like, "Oh my god! Like that's so awful that she's just hiding away and acting like it doesn't exist." Now that like COVID has like is a thing, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" Mm-hmm. She's just walking in and out of the quarantines, like. Yeah. <laughs> I was
0: just appalled. Skipping forward real quick, Cinder, how did Dr. Erlen not kill her for her stupidity? Like finds out she's <laughs> new to the plague, immediately goes to the quarantines where people are not allowed out of, finds out she's a leader and can't go by Queen Lavana, immediately goes to the palace.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that literally that infuriated me. Like I just not only was that like he told her not to do that for her own safety. But she didn't even take into consideration, like, how that would affect, like, Prince Kai and, like, mm-hmm, everybody
0: exactly. else, ex- and, except for her. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like. It just, although I will say, Dr. Erlen does have some of the blame there, because if he had told her the whole truth right off the bat, she probably would not have gone. That, that Instead is, of just that not true. tell, instead of not telling her the fact that she's Selene, oh, you're a Lunar, but you're also Selene. By, tell- by not telling her that, it doesn't give her the same level of awareness that she should have. If he's going to tell her the truth, right. tell her the whole truth. Exactly. Also, th- another question about that moment. How did the orange light not go off when he said that she was a shell? Yeah, that's a good question. That is a very- you know I didn't even think out. about he's that. He's lying. The orange light should have gone off, and if the orange light went off, she would have called it out because she doesn't believe that she's a lunar. That is very true. I didn't even notice that, honestly. <laughs> That's what happens when you take notes. When you take notes, you know you never <laughs> notice like the hundreds of reviews I had. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Honestly. Also, I love how Peony isn't an evil stepsister. Like in all the Cinderella right. retellings, yeah, I have that note down here too. You yeah. have the two evil stepsisters. Oh, I love. Yeah. Well, but keep in mind in Disney's Cinderella, whatever two, three. Cinderella whatever. two and Cinderella three. The one stepsister <laughs> wasn't quite as evil. But she was still evil. So in as first bad. One. She has yeah. a redemption, she has but a she was redemption. still bad in the first one. Agreed. No, I know, but I'm saying that you know. There isn't Disney that one redemption where she's not as bad. Also, but yeah, I love Peony Audrey with her worldview. It was so depressing. Like mm-hmm. at seventeen, she needs to be married. If you get married, you need to have a husband who's rich, and you can only marry for rich because otherwise, you're going to have to be work. And then also, I'm not justifying it, but her husband dying on the trip to get this so, adoptive yeah. child. It it makes it more understandable as to why she'd hate her right. than the Disney version. Oh, she's just a girl, and yeah. she yeah, was yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it makes it more understandable, not justifiable at all. But uh-uh. it, it makes more sense. But if yeah. you keep in mind, like for the classic fairy tales, like back back in the day, mm-hmm. that was a the interesting fairy tales but that was a mother's (laughs) job was to get their daughters married off Mm -hmm. but it's just it's so it's like in a futuristic thing you're kind of like well this isn't the olden days anymore well true they don't need to be married off but because like the seamstress was like oh this is she's 17 this is time for fun Yeah. Mm -hmm. like that'd be like you trying to marry me off next year so what's wrong with that hey (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, another thing that I don't know when I was reading, I was just like, oh my gosh, was Prince Kai like continuously trying to get Cinder to go to the ball with him?
0: I, I was just like, I honestly,
1: see. the scenes are really cute, but it was like also at sometimes I was just like, doesn't he have like so much bigger things? Like I know why he was asking her, but it was just like like he's like if if I were him, like I wouldn't be able to think about
0: anything other than like. I don't know, political stuff, dying. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, like, they're adorable <laughs> scenes, but it also brings into question, like, no means no, dude. Like, right. you gotta take no for an right answer priority. when they say no. <laughs> no. Like, don't be wrong, I love Kai so much, but, like, I also have these warring principles. Like, no should mean no. No does mean no. But, like, also, this is so cute. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> also, it's really is- cute <laughs> is their first interaction when he brings mm-hmm. her the android in the story stars above there's a short story called the mechanic which is that whole interaction from kai's perspective and reading that makes that whole interaction so much more adorable because oh it's just, like, oh <laughs> i love it so much wait that is so cute it, it is. is that but he is no when it comes down to it, he is a teenage boy. He is, which makes it so true. Like do all this like government stuff and like he said do with his dad dying and losing like so the, thi- but- the, the thing I really loved is the way they put it was one week he lost everything, not just his father, his freedom, his childhood, exactly everything. And that broke right. my heart. Especially how it's parallel with the day that Cinder lost Peony also having Mm -hmm. her lose Aiko, and those were the two things that she had. So he lost everything in that one day that his father died. Exactly. And that same day, she lost everything. Mm -hmm. And that character duality is what looked really cool for me. But that's my point, is like sometimes, like when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, you just need 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of being a normal person to get away from everything else you know
1: also okay right I definitely agree with that one I feel like oops sorry you can go you can oh, go, go on no, no, okay I, I just felt like that was kind of him asking her to I almost said the prom to the ball yeah. it was kind of like I don't know I don't know how to describe it but kind of this outlet that wasn't like okay. part of the serious political things that he was having to think of in his dad dying and like basically the fact that he was yeah. never going to be a kid Yeah, exactly.
0: Right, exactly.
1: That's the word, yes. He
0: could just be a normal boy. Yeah, because Cinder didn't, first of all, Cinder didn't treat him as like this whole, like, fawning over him, gushing over. Like, she did the classics, oh, like, bowing your highness. But she she was actually like, she would joke around him. She would talk to him. And she was talking to him as a person, not as a royal figure. Yeah. So I think she was the one person he was like, I can actually be myself around her. I don't need to be his highness and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And that's why he told her to call him Kai, because he didn't want to be your majesty, not your majesty, well, your highness. Your royal highness. He yeah. wanted to be Kai, and that was his outlet. Right. Exactly. I'm getting really sad for Kai. Like, my heart breaks for him. <laughs> yeah.
1: One question Qualically that though... I have throughout the book. Oh, wait, oh I'm
0: sorry. What?
1: No, no, it's, it's
0: difficult to tell, like, whenever it's virtual, because oh. it's like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like, that. Um, one of the questions I have throughout the books, honestly, is, so they keep differentiating between, not differentiating, but they keep flipping between using the term vaccine philatemosis and antidote philatemosis. And they use mm-hmm. them in, like, opposing contexts. So, like vaccine they say oh we need to find a vaccine to save the emperor that's not how vaccines work vaccines are preventative but later in the book series this isn't a spoiler they have the antidote and they drink it before going into a room of letimosis patients but an antidote does not prevent disease it cures you if you're already sick Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like those two terms like i'm so confused on how those like are being flipped because like it doesn't make sense logically They'd be looking for the antidote for the emperor, but they'd also be wanting a vaccine to prevent it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's just my little stupid nitpicking at words, but No, no.
1: Not all no, of us wanted no. to
0: be an epidemiologist <laughs> when we were little
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, Alexis.
0: Honestly, Actually, so, like the things the camp, that you find you didn't sorry? what? Oh, I was at uh when I was little, I went to a camp for, like, a bunch of medical stuff, and I was mm-hmm. reading Lunar Chronicles again, and mm-hmm. I'd gotten to that point in the book, and I was like, so wait, what's the difference between vaccine and antidote? Would they work in these situations? I was just asking my teacher that, and she was like, I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> oh
1: so we you say that. Oh, I was just going to say, like, the things that you find would like, especially since you've read, like, the whole series, like, multiple times. It's just, like, the little inconsistencies that you find are always interesting. It's Just, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't quite make sense, but, like i don't know
0: (laughs) but that's why i love rereading so much because you find new Mm -hmm. details you find new foreshadowing you find stuff you don't notice and like people are like oh i could never reread a book i'm like but why first of all all, you get attached to the characters and you don't want to let them go and second of all you find so much new stuff right i used to like
1: honestly i love rereading books because every time it's like honestly like you're reading something completely different because you just you notice so many different new things mm-hmm. and you learn so much more honestly it's like i don't get how people can just read a book once and like never look at it again i don't get it's that just, like no well, me neither
0: and i'm getting excited like as new books come out in a series i have to reread the whole series from scratch <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah <Yep. laughs> imagine exactly. how the link between books for the chronicles though like, imagine having to wait from now till next year to find out what happens after the end of this book. I've been waiting for the Outlander oh. book for years, and now it's finally coming out. Oh! So I have to go back and reread the entire Alabama I thought you were talking series. about Sergeant Mass books. Uh, well, that too, and it's every series. But what I'm saying is, like, I have to go back from the beginning. And mm-hmm. Same with Game of Thrones. When that book finally, if it ever gets written, I'll have to go back and reread everything. I That's just, a lot of books, though. Yes, it is. I'm mean, oh yeah. you could do it you read the shatter me series in a week and that's 10 books yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay back to the story fun note right here i'm just looking at my notes okay cinder thinking about the ball i be like oh i don't want to go there's so many people i'd probably just stand to the side and laugh at the girls but the food would be nice i'm like that is so relatable because like we have <laughs> coming this weekend and i'm like like i don't want to go there's people but like if there's food that'll be nice yes <laughs> Honestly, so true like, spot on
1: and then so, she
0: was a cyborg and she would never go to the ball mm-hmm. keep telling yourself that that's like when you know okay right. so she's going to the ball mm-hmm.
1: that last scene though like the first time i i don't know if this makes any sense but like when you read you know how like you kind of have like images playing in your head yeah like that la- yeah that last scene um just really like I had kind of this image of in my head of the exact I don't I cannot like I can't get my words out basically from the first time I read it to this time it's like I had that same picture and it was so interesting big like, oh my gosh mm-hmm. like I just the things that your brain just able to conjure conjure up and like remember. I thought that was really
0: interesting. It's even like, uh, more prominent when you're listening to the audiobook. Right. I listened to the audiobook
1: and followed along this time. Yeah. And it was a really good experience. Yeah. Like, because okay, I had never. Like... Sorry? Oh, I just said I had never, like, I'd never listened to an audiobook with that specific book and mm-hmm. followed along. Rebecca
0: Soler, she narrates amazing. Yes, she, she narrates all of mm-hmm. Marissa Meyer's books, and, like, she is the best. Um, one audiobook error I think I noticed was uh, Dr. Erlen. They were talking, and um, Cinder is supposed – it's Cinder who asks, how many different batches have you gone through? When they're talking about the uh, uh testing – but for some reason, it's read in Doctor Erlen's accent because y'all know he has a very prominent accent mm-hmm. in the. And so that line didn't make sense if it was read from Doctor Erlen because he also responds the answer too. So that just that was like an audiobook error. I think it was a whoopsie. It was Everybody a whoopsie. <laughs> <It's> okay. Also, <laughs> one thing that really bugs me. This is another just random tangent. I have so many random notes. I'm sorry, but. um <laughs> Cinder hates thing reminded that she's not "quote unquote" human, but like she also constantly reminds Iko of it. So like, for example, the thing that made me write this note was they were ta- they were walking through the junkyard with Peony, and uh Iko goes, "It smell, it's like dirty and smelly." And then Cinder goes, "How would you know? You don't have scent receptors." And like, I know that's like a joking thing, but like. For Aiko, she's also very much wanting to be human and humanoid and whatever. And so that constant reminder, you're not human, is kind of the same way that Cinder hates being treated. Yeah. And so right. I know it's like whatever, but them being really Cinder best Cinder don't friends, be mean. <laughs> it bugs me, you know? Yeah, I... Because honestly,
1: she's constantly... Me. Yeah, she's constantly, I think, like hating herself because of the fact that she's a cyborg and she's not like mm-hmm. I don't know she can't express emotions the same way as, as people can obviously and so I think I mean um, subconsciously she just does that to Aiko mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like not fair. counterintuitive yeah. it's not
0: fair though because she can't be so upset that people are like reminding her that she's not human and also be reminding her one of two friends that right. she's not human <laughs> She does not have room to like toy with Ico's emotions like that. No, like <laughs> So changing subjects here. I don't mm-hmm. know if I missed this or not, and I was wondering, like, how much of Cinder's actual features were altered by her 36 point? No no no, no. that's how much cyborg she is. I'm saying with her gifts. Like oh, her lunar, gifts, her lunar gifts. When they came off, how much of her actual features were her true features versus um like no. uh, it's over. it's explained later, okay. like the quote unquote perfect version of her. It was her face, but it was because like when, intensely, like yeah, like cause it's Kai, like Facetune, because Kai. In chapter thirty-six said you're even more beautiful to look at (laughs) than she is. So that's why I was like, well, is it that like her face is that different or No, it's just that beautiful. Yeah, okay. So because he already loved her and he thought she was beautiful already, it was like that intense, gorgeous, like perfect just think face tune on level (laughs) twelve.
1: Oh, you know how I interpreted that Interpreted that line was I just thought he was saying, like, I can't even, like, I can't even bear to look at you. I didn't know that had anything to do with her glamour. I just thought it had to do with, like, he was just disgusted with her. He just couldn't even stand to look at her. I
0: think it's That's how I read both, it. honestly. I think okay. it's kind of him being so upset, like, her glamour is beautiful, but it's not, like, that bad. It's just the fact that she is using it. It's just like, it's so painful to look at for him. But also the secondhand embarrassment I got for Cinder when she was like, he can't marry LaVonna because yes. he loves me and kisses him. I was like, no. And then he doesn't kiss her back. I know. Yeah. Oh, that like, I... That's not the first kiss y'all need.
1: No, that literally was the secondhand embarrassment.
0: Like, I was cringing. I mean, was like, I know. Oh, I, when that. I first read this series, I closed the book and I was like, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> and I put it down and I walked away because oh I can't gosh. deal with that secondhand embarrassment.
1: <gasps> exactly. But honestly, uh, I, I, I always say, but honestly, whenever I start talking yeah. about this, but Dr. Dr. Erland, am I saying his name correctly, Dr. Yeah. Erland? Uh,
0: you can but say Erland, Erland. Yeah. Erland, Erland, same Erland, Erland.
1: Tomatoes, okay. tomato. But from the beginning, though, like, again, I did not remember anything about this book, starting it, like, just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But from the beginning, this time around, he just, from the beginning, I was just like, no, there's
0: something, like
1: different like I, he, have the same, definitely... I have the
0: same no i didn't trust him i thought he was a perv yeah like, <laughs> a perv, like what uh fatin was saying about him not liking any of the guys or the old people he just likes the uh-huh. young oh, girls oh, so... i thought he was a perv I <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i got that and then i was like is he like is he a lunar like from the was like he's definitely a lunar Probably, i didn't I think he was that
0: evil Really? I I should like... have realized it, especially with his uh lunar sickness, which he which mm-hmm. is displayed. I didn't even realize that until right. like a few rereads in, not this reread, but a few rereads in it took me to realize, oh, that whole braid into a snake thing is his lunar sickness, which is probably why he uses lunar gift on Cinder. Mm-hmm. Because he knew he kinda had to anyway. So he's kinda like, Okay, well I'm gonna do this right now. and then uh also a fun little bit of thing i'm just jumping real quick um when they were in the junkyard i don't think i didn't notice notice this for a while but the car peony says it looks like a rotting pumpkin and (gasps) cinderella that's her like escape vehicle to the ball she drives that car it's like such a nice little like Tie-in. tie into tie in yeah. the Cinderella story. I didn't like, even I did not realize that. that. I totally missed that. I'm so,
1: at first, Whoa. no, when I read that, I was just like, that's such an odd way, like, of all the things she could have said to
0: describe that
1: car. Like, it didn't even,
0: it didn't even, like, like cross my, my mind. Come to me. No. <laughs> Also, and then the guilt Cinder feels for Peony getting sick, Mm -hmm. like, that hits so much harder now than it did before, because, like, I'm just imagining coming home from school, finding out my little sister is sick, and I'd be like, Did "Did did I give her this virus? Is it my fault? So, like, Cinder going through that whole situation, thinking it's her fault for the market. It just, it hit so close to home because I've had that exact fear because we had a little uh, scare for Izzy a while ago. We thought that she was sick with COVID and it was before school started and I have been hanging out with friends. So I was worried I gave her this sickness and it was my fault. And so I very much related to that right there and it hit ben, so close guilt, to home. Yeah. And like Peony, just that knowing she was going to die and like that broke my heart too.
1: So, would you
0: have given the boy... I have that same question. I have, why do you guys think that she chose Sunto out of everyone? Like, what was it about that? I mean, honestly... I
1: I just, the first thing that popped into my mind, because honestly, that question didn't occur to me, was that, like, he was so young, one... And that it was, like, the only person that she, like, recognized. That's
0: what I, that's what Mm -hmm. I thought. That's what popped into my mind. I didn't really think any deeper than that. The only thing I would think of is, if it's Sunto, I would think of the way Chang Sasha always mistreated me. And how horrible Mm -hmm. she was. And that wouldn't make me super, like, it's not like I would be spiteful. But it wouldn't make me immediately be like, okay, well, I'm saving this kid instead. I would look to see, like, who is most in need of it. Like, oh, is there God. someone younger? Is there someone else? I wouldn't like purposely be like, okay, I'm not giving it to Sunto. I'd be like, who needs this most of all? Or I might give it back to Dr. Erland and see if he needs anything else. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That is, that,
1: that is a good point. I thought that same thing. I was like, why doesn't she just give it back to Dr. Erland and see if mm-hmm. he can do anything with it instead of just kind of on a whim just giving it to Sunto?
0: Would you have stolen Peony's ID chip?
1: Yeah, I I think I would have because I don't really know where it's
0: where it's going. Yeah, I, if I I don't take it. I would be very scared to create a problem, but like I probably wouldn't be in the quarantine in the first place because oh no I would because I'd have the antidote. But also, okay, I saw this one post online, which broke my heart. It was talking about how this person, she kept asking herself the what ifs. What if Cinder didn't talk to Kai? Would she have gotten to the antidote faster and gotten to save uh, Peony faster? What if she she just went a little bit faster? And they were saying those must be the same questions Cinder's asking herself. Yeah. And that post really just, like, made my heart sink. Because I'm just like, oh, no, yes. And I was probably going through that whole, like, what happens if, like, I didn't... If I didn't do this, would I have saved her? And that what if thing is a really... One of the most cruel questions you can ask yourself. Exactly. Especially in these situations. I would say just Mm -hmm. don't do it. Just don't do it because... Just don't ask what if or just don't... Don't ask what if because... But it's a good TV show. Yeah, well, true. (laughs) 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 So... Let's talk about Cinder showing up to the ball. Oh, in a dirty dress. Oh, my God. (laughs) Her dirty gloves. (laughs) Soaking wet from the rain. (laughs) If I showed up to any dance like that, Mother, you would kill me. Yes. You'd be like, why do you look like this? I mean,. Do you think there was any part of her that was truly mortified? Oh, yeah. She seemed mm-hmm. so mortified for having to show yeah. up like that and then being brought up, being like, the prince's special guest is here. <laughs> and then, okay, I was like, looking like a drowned rat. She <laughs> <laughs> did! Literally, I... <I'm> <laughs> but Audrey, when she's about to slap her and Kai just like, nope. I love I think that was the moment I was like, okay, so like Kai, you're coming into the real world and becoming my real boyfriend because yes. like, I need you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Why does Marissa Meyer write the best guys ever? Right. Like I think half of my book boyfriends are her guys that she <laughs> wrote. <sighs> but like, okay, when she's dancing with Kai and she thinks that he actually like accepts her for who she is as a cyborg my heart breaks because yeah. it's just so sad because the bar is so low. Yeah. the yeah. Her base, her bar is someone who accepts me for who I am. That should yeah. not be the bar. Right. Like, she deserves and so much also... more than that. And of course she deserves Kai because Kai is so much more than that. Like, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, right. the fact that that's the thing that she most cares about is so heartbreaking to me. Yeah, But also... Yeah. Again, I say my catchphrase. I don't think I've gone a single episode without saying this. Communication is key, people. (laughs) How about you tell him you're a cyborg instead of assuming that he'll reject you and hate you? Like, when when they're having that first confrontation at uh, uh, the palace, she should have told him, oh, by the way, I'm a cyborg. Right. Because, like, instead of assuming that he's a horrible person who will reject her tell him well and look at he when she got introduced at the ball and she's dirty and ugly and she's soaking wet ugly. well soaking wet he looked amused like he of didn't course look you would show up like this you know like he accepted her you know as she was without expecting her to put on ears or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. Right during that
1: whole Go ahead. Oh sorry. During that whole ball though, like she should have come completely clean. Yeah. In my opinion. Like she should have she should have explained that she was a cyborg. She should have explained that she was
0: a lunar. Like
1: all of them,
0: like you don't? I don't because here's the thing. Cyborg, I probably would have said a while ago, but lunar. I don't know because I would think that him knowing would put him at more risk. That's true. Because true. he would have to lie for me. True, But that also true. I would have made sure that Erling told the whole truth yeah. because if he <laughs> told the whole truth then I would tell Kai I found <laughs> out I'm <laughs> Celine. Um, let's make a plan to kill Lavana because yeah. like we gotta get rid of her. <laughs> Right. But otherwise, I don't think I would tell him because I wouldn't want to put it at a risk. That's a good wrist. point. Yeah, that's a really mm-hmm. good point. That is. Also, back to Cinder Self Loathing, when she was first being tested on, um, my heart broke when she said that dying would be for the best. Yeah. Because she was thinking about peony and all that Audrey said. And I'm just like, words can hurt, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Dying would be for the best. And also, the doctor's talking about selling her parts off to pay off the family. What the heck? Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> like, they're to be saving her life. Not talking about, oh, well, if you sell all of her mechanics, then, like, we'll have plenty of money to pay the family back. Like, first of all, right? if she died those mechanics be for the family, not for you guys to sell off. But that's not even really the point. The point is you don't talk like, oh, so when the patient dies, you want to sell off their like heart valve? Like, no. Also another question about the orange light. But that brings it back to they don't view cyborgs as Which is stupid because like we view amputees as real people despite having quote unquote Mm -hmm. inhuman parts. Why is cyborg any different? Like I'm genuinely confused about that. Yeah. Because how is that That's any different from a normal amputee with a prosth- prosthetic limb? Like any idea? No. Okay. Another. All I could I think about. Ago. All
1: I could sorry. think about was. All I could think about was. Sorry if you haven't seen Star. Wait, have you all seen Star Wars? Like. All oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So all I could think about was the um end of Revenge of the Sith with mm-hmm. Anakin. Him getting restored as like Darth Vader, like that's all I could think about during mm-hmm. the scene with, um, or when they were talking about uh, Cinder being Princess Celine and how they saved her body from the fire and like mm-hmm. made her into a cyborg. That's that's all that kept ringing through my mind for whatever well, actually-
0: reason. Marissa Meyer is a big Star Wars fan. So she was saying that a really? lot of stuff was coming in. So like a later character, um, a certain captain is based off of Han Solo. Oh. Which you can okay. really see when you read yeah, the Yeah, now that mm-hmm. you say that. And so she's actually a big mm. Star Wars fan. So a lot of Star Wars came into these books. So I can kind of see where you okay. came, came up with that. Okay. But so who's truly? <laughs> <laughs> um i wolf maybe yeah yeah (laughs) so chewy gets the girl (laughs) (laughs) okay back to the orange light though another question is after they're talking about cinder being immune to letamosis how did the orange light not go off when he says you are the first because she has has this ever happened before and he goes you are the first like (laughs) no she's not no, she's not because he's been saying he's a meeting why most they've been making all these other different versions of the antidotes. So how is that not a lie too? Well, because technically he was never a test subject. So if he So we're getting he, the loopholes now. We're
1: getting into loopholes, but <laughs> technically speaking,
0: he um but like does the does the loop well how then how do you decide what's a lie and what's not because no like it just it doesn't make sense to me i got so many orange light questions like yeah you know. but that's just an interesting concept though because like i had just spent like today on the bus with my friend we were talking and he was like well what would be really cool is if i had just some sort of like thing in my eye would tell me like when someone's lying and i'm like just thinking about cinder and so we were just talking like how would you know what is a lie would you want to know what's a lie and what's not a lie like how would it determine that based on like well cinder was saying it's like bodily factor like an extra swallow an extra breath whatever but that's kind of like a lie detector test how like some of those factors they're easily beaten because like i think it's pretty cool i would like i i think it'd be really cool but like really
1: i would not want that because i feel like like not to get psychological but I feel like people tell so many lies like a like a lot a lot of lies a lot of the time and some of them are just like not I don't know like some of them just aren't important enough and there are some Mm -hmm. things that honestly I genuinely do not want to know exactly even if it's like not to I don't know, it's something I just don't need to know. It's like kind of like reading people's minds. Like I would not want to be able to do that because it's none of my business and I don't need to know. Like if there was some type of threshold between like what's actually a harmful lie and Mm -hmm. what really doesn't like a little white lie or something that genuinely doesn't matter. But like in general, I feel like people lie a lot. And so I feel like every Mm -hmm. every time somebody told a lie, just have some dot come in my eye yeah, like if someone said, "Oh, you look like, nice
0: today." Right. And not nice be able to, to tell what
1: matters and what doesn't. Like that just wouldn't that doesn't sound appealing.
0: I have to say, for my own personal well-being, I want to know which of my kids put the cheese in the toaster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I <laughs> too because oh, that's a whole big story you want to tell the story no, short, version, short version is one of my at the time three children put cheese in the toaster and to this day none of my children have fully admitted to actually putting the cheese in it the toaster. wasn't me that's all I will say it was not that was Alexis took I the just, blame for like five years. I did. I took the blame for <laughs> years because I was told that if someone didn't take the blame, then we'd be locked in our rooms all summer and <laughs> me being the young, impressionable child. How old was I? I was like five. No, you were older. You were like seven, eight. Okay. Like. Still young, impressionable child thinking no summer. That means I got to take the blame because that's better than no summer. And so I took the blame for years until I got tired of people making fun of me because my experience was, (laughs) I put the cheese in the toaster because I wanted to make grilled cheese. (laughs) And me getting sick and tired of being made fun of for that, I finally came clean. I was like, that wasn't me.
1: And so we still didn't know who did it. I'm just curious as to what was the thought process behind the person who did
0: that. Maybe they wanted to make grilled cheese. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Well, that lie detector would come in handy. That's what I'm saying. I would love that ability. True. You know? Oh, you lied. You're going to your room. You're grounded. <laughs> that would be better. Like for every all
1: parent. I feel like every parent would want that ability, though.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: feel like every parent would. But my mom when- would love to have that
0: when my kids were little i used to tell them that to stick out their tongue because if they lied their tongue would turn black wait when <laughs> when you were real little how old little little okay cuz i have no memory cuz let me say it didn't work very long for you <laughs> <laughs> the one i remember is you telling us that Christina had an evil twin named yes. Sam who lived in the attic. And if we were bad kids, he'd come out of the attic and take us up to the attic and like kill us. Oh my gosh. I remember, what? literally, I would hear something in the attic and I would start crying my eyes out. And I would come wake you guys up be like, Mom, Dad, Sam is going to take
1: me. I heard oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> so awful. you are mean. I wouldn't. <laughs> See, she's even evil laughing right now. Exactly. (laughs) All right, well, off of lying and off of me being a bad parent. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say was your favorite part of the book, Ari?
1: Oh, wait, that's a really hard question. I'm, like, going through my notes right now to see, like, anything I took. Uh, My favorite, you know, honestly... I really like the end, um, the very end when Doctor Erland comes clean about his about his whole plan and kind of and starting the whole like cyborg. What was it? What, what was it? Cyborg did? draft. Like, yeah, the cyborg draft and try and doing it specifically to find Princess Celine because I feel like that's such a hard decision to make. Mm-hmm. Like, but because people are already dying like tons of people and so it's like either just kind of let this continue or bring people in continuously until we find the princess so that part um was very interesting to me so honestly the that whole last scene where cinder had to make like make the decision to escape Mm -hmm. I mean that's not shown but I really liked that the ending um
0: I think the end, the ball, the ball scene. Yeah. As
1: irritating as it was, it's heart wrenching. I really like that scene as well.
0: Did you guess that um, Cinder was lean right off the bat when, like, your first read? Well, that no, no,
1: I did not. I'm after getting a little bit into the book, I caught on, but not like, not off the get go. Like after kind of reading deeper into
0: it, I kind of, yeah, um, inferred. Yeah. When I first read the book, my mom had already read the book. And so I got into the part, like right off the bat, when they were talking about the lunars with Peony, and they talked about Celine, the lunar heir who Vanna supposedly killed, but some conspiracy theorists thought that she was still alive. I was like, okay, so Cinder is Celine. And I told my mom that. I was like, Cinder is right. Celine. And then she's like, I don't know. And then finally at the very end, when I finished the book, I'm like, I told you, mother, I knew she was a <laughs> yes. I told you so. I'll distinctly remember when Pe- Peony died. I was crying in the back of the car because I was reading it in the car. And my mom's like, what's wrong? And she, I go, <laughs> Peony died because I didn't know that <laughs> name. And I go, I'm so Aww. sad that Peony died. You were making fun of me. it. <laughs> <What? laughs> Oh what was your favorite part I would say it was probably when she made the decision to go tell Kai what everything about everything because it would have mm-hmm. been so easy to just hightail it out of there and say let everybody else figure it out you know I have to protect myself yeah but knowing right. that she was gonna be recognized again by Lavana, most likely gonna end up getting killed mm-hmm she still wanted to save Earth and Kai. It makes me think of the quote from uh, Marvel. Why would you want to save the universe? Cause I'm one of the idiots who lives in it. That's yes. like, why would you want to save the Earth? Because I'm one of the idiots who lives there. Right. That's kind of what it makes me think of. But that that's definitely probably one of my favorite parts my favorite part which is the adorably awkward flirting between kai and cinder because i love them
1: yeah and they're so cute yeah
0: like kai is probably one of my favorite characters in this entire series just because he's so cute and what was your least favorite part um the secondhand embarrassment i get from that first kiss <laughs> yeah. that again i still <laughs> put that book down when i read that part so I'd, I'd say that's probably my least favorite part because i love everything else so much what about you, Ari? What was your least favorite? Oh, for me, honestly, any
1: time that Cinder just did something, like, so impulsively, like, going to the... I mean, not impulsive, like, she had a reason, but just like, it, and I was like, oh, that's the wrong thing to do. So for mm-hmm. going to the palace the first time when Queen Lavana sees her, that part was just like, ugh. And then when she goes to the ball and the mm-hmm. whole like first the first kiss that was hard
0: to Ooh, That was hard. yeah that's 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 all mom yeah. what about you least favorite i would say probably just how audrey and pearl talked to cinder mm-hmm. <laughs> i hated reading all of that because it was just so cruel like it wasn't even like, it was taking the evil stepmother and uh, evil stepsister to, like, a whole other level. But the really mm-hmm. sad thing is taking up the fantasy elements, that's what a lot of kids who are in the foster system actually have to go through. Yeah. There are so many families mm-hmm. who mistreat their foster children or their adoptive children or treat them as lesser than their, quote-unquote, real children. Right. And so mm-hmm. the fact that, despite, like, taking away the whole, like, oh, she's a cyborg thing, this is something that, like, Real people go through yeah. on a daily basis, and that just breaks my heart. Exactly, right. And so, yeah, that's I get why that's one of your at least favorite because it's just so hard to read. Well, and you know, like me, like I, I've said before, I don't know if Ari heard this on the the last podcast we did, but I children like. When they get mistreated, it breaks my heart. And so I want to give you. all the kids hugs and just make them cookies and say, I'm sorry, here's some cookies. And I want to give Cinder loves you're, you're, <laughs> you're such a <laughs> soul big. You would adopt Aww. everyone if you could because I you would, just you yes. just love people being happy. You love yeah. happiness. And, and I so, always want kids to be happy. So yeah. that's why I'd be like, Here's some cookies, Cinder. I'm sorry they're so mean to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you don't want to give your star ratings yeah I, I give this book four stars me too
1: um, yeah I think say so. I was going to say 3.5 or 4 but I think I'm going to give it 4 yeah
0: it's not up there with some of the later books in the series like Cress and Winter but mm-hmm. it's still really good so I'd give it a 4 because it's just it's a solid book that I enjoy to read over and over again it definitely mm-hmm. made me look forward to the next book in the mm-hmm. series so like when I first read it yeah like, now that I've read the whole series it's like yeah this was a really solid first book mm-hmm. like even going back agree. like reading the Aquatar series mm-hmm. by Sarah J Maas or Moss, um like I might sometimes skip that first book and I mean start I do with two with the second book, but I would actually really look forward to reading mm-hmm. this first book again. Cinder was really well done, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a perfect like first book because it gets you interested in what's gonna happen and all the other and it's kind of what a series it's supposed to do. Like it, it did that perfectly, like after finishing this book, I want to read the other books in the series and see what happens, how the story develops, how mm-hmm. Cinder develops
0: as a character. So most of world building is amazing yeah Mm -mm. but I think this might be it so thank you all so much for listening and a huge thank you to our very special guest Ari yay Yay. our very (laughs) first guest so thank you for doing that it's amazing (laughs) oh thank you for having me it was so much fun to get to talk to you and just hear your thoughts and opinions on this book that we all love so much If you guys want to talk to us or find us, you can find us at our email momdaughterbooktalk at gmail.com, on our Instagram at motherdaughterbooktalk. And then you can also leave suggestions for future episodes and potentially be chosen to be featured on one of our episodes like Aria was. And you can listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. So hope you all listen to us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.